Hey, good morning, y'all. It's a Thursday morning. I'm glad to be in God's Word with you again today as we continue studying uh, His Word and the great things that God wants to say to us this morning through Scripture. So thanks for thanks for taking a few minutes to join us this morning as we read uh, and reflect together upon some of our daily readings. There's some days, I think I've shared with you before, that as uh, you know, that the Book of Common Prayer that I use it gives a New Testament, an Old Testament, and a gospel lesson along with a psalm for each day. And there's some days where you're just like, man, each one of them was so good. I mean, I could preach a thousand sermons on all of them. So I try to be very careful not to read the devotion, read the scriptures, thinking about, okay, what um, what does this want to say to, how do I preach this? The great struggle for a preacher is to read scripture looking for a sermon instead of to read scripture looking for um God's truth for you in that moment. And so today was one of those days where every every passage was just something amazing. Yeah. Isaiah, your my ways are not your ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. The gospel, um, of to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Phenomenal stuff. The, the psalm, um, about God's about God's strength, even as our our hair grows goes gray and uh and the ways of our youth are slipping away from us. Uh, all really good stuff. But um, Galatians is such a good book. Uh, it's just such a, a great book of Scripture. And so I, I find myself always drawn over and over again to Galatians. So I wanted to read to you. Um, today's reading was from uh, Galatians 5, 1 through 13. But I want to really um, read I want to read to you verse uh, two sections. First verse 6 and then verses 13 through 15. Where Paul writes this. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Then verse 13. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use that only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves for one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Um, Paul here is, is, is the entire struggle of Galatians is Paul's having a conversation with this church in Galatia about what it means to be a Christian. And they're having this rolling debate that I've told you before about, well, if I'm a Christian, does that mean I must be circumcised? Does that mean I must follow the Levitical law? Was I must follow the old, like, what does being a Christian look like? And for those of us who have been raised Christian or raised in Christian context or Christian churches, you know, we kind of, we might not understand what being a Christian is, but we don't, none of us feel like we've got to follow the Levitical law. All of us want to eat a sausage and biscuit. At least most of us do. Um, for these first generations of Christians, particularly the Jewish believers, this was a hard adjustment for them. Because their mamas raised them, hey, don't eat food that's not kosher. Submit to circumcision. Follow this law. Wash ritual, purity, so on and so forth. That was how they were raised. And now their hearts have been saved by grace through faith. They understand the freedom that comes with the gospel, but it's hard to, it's hard to get out of ruts, isn't it? It's hard, they're, they're called ruts for reasons. It's hard to get out of this way of thinking, even though they knew it was true. So Paul keeps pushing them. Circumcision, uncircumcision, doesn't matter. Keeping up this Levitical law, that's not the point. The point is faith working itself through love. And then he, then he comes down to the last portion where he says, 
which is your call to freedom. In other words, hey, you don't have to keep the Levitical law, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love, become slaves to one another. That, I think, is the key. Is it 14 says, for the whole law, son of the single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the key, y'all. I, I think that's one of the most powerful explanations of love in all of the New Testament. He says, let me read it again. But through love become slaves to one another. Love, the, the great mistake we make with the biblical concept of love is we mistake biblical love for the emotional, romantic love of popular culture, of literature, of things such as that. Paul here is not talking about ooey-gooey love. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about let's hold hands and sing songs together. Paul says, through love become slaves to one another. Through, through love, lay down your life for your fellow. Through love, put aside your desires, your wants, your stuff, and do what's best for the other person. To model the path of Jesus. Because when we see the path of Jesus, Jesus prayed on the night of the cross, Lord, take this cup from me. Not your will, but mine. Christ submitted himself to the will of the Father by going to the cross because he knew that the way of the cross was the way of freedom for me and for you. He loved us enough that he laid down his life for us. That is the icon and the modeling of what biblical love looks like. To love someone enough to lay down their life for them. We often mistake love. I mean, use a word here that might just stay with me. You, you, you use, we mistake love for lust. And I don't mean lust in just a physical sense. But lust is a, is, is a, Augustine said that all sin is corrupted goodness. So hate's a corrupted form of love, of love for instance. Lust is a corrupted form of love as well because lust sees the individual as a tool to be used. We usually think of lust in terms of sexual gratification. Let's put that outside for a second. If we see anyone that we encounter within our life not as an individual made in the image of God for whom we are to lay down our life for, particularly fellow Christians, but instead we see them as tools to be used for the furthering of our purposes, that we are not loving and that we are not walking in the way of Christ. We're walking the way of the world. For the world uses, the world casts aside, the world sees worth and what someone can contribute. That's not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is this, I, is like the old song from Emmaus, brother, let me be your servant, let me be as Christ to you. How can I serve you? How can I lay down my life for you? How can I assist you? How can I help you? And then this is the beauty of, this is the beauty. What would the world look like if all of us were putting the needs of each other ahead of the needs of ourselves? What if all of us were willing to lay down our life, lay down our wants, lay down our desires for the good of the other person? You know what happened? We don't have our needs met. We don't have our needs met. Like I tell couples I do premarital counseling with them. If they expect their spouse to make them happy, or if they expect their spouse to meet all their needs, they're going to have a marriage that's full of disappointment because no person can meet your needs. But if we live our married life, if we live our Christian life, if we live our friendship life with the notion of not me, of you meeting my needs, but me meeting your needs, 
then in that, and then my, in my serving of you, I will find a contentment that I cannot find when I'm only having myself served. So if I'm meeting your needs and I'm serving you, you will have your needs met. And likewise, if you're, if you're serving me, then I'll have my needs met. What happens is that beautiful, that beautiful Christ-like moment when both sides are serving the, serving the other, both sides have their needs met. That's love. Love is laying down your life for another person. Love is not ooey-gooey. Love is not cheesy love songs. Love is not an amazing Valentine's Day gift. Those are nice things. We all want romantic love in our life, sure. But the point of the gospel is sacrificial love. That's what Paul's talking us to, talking to us about here. Become a slave, become a servant to one another. And then he gives his warning. He says, If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by the other. Really is our two choices, y'all. Our two choices that we can follow the path of Christ and love our neighbor and lay down our life for our neighbor, lay down our life for each other. And in doing that, we all have our needs met. Or we can choose the path of the world, which is where we bite each other, we consume each other, we use each other for the furthering our purposes. One path leads to peace. One path leads to conflict. One path leads to health. One leads to unhealth. One leads to joy. One leads to hatred. I mean, our Christian faith is often a, a series of choices. What do we choose to do? Today, Paul's encouraged us. Circumcision, uncircumcision, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What matters is faith, is, is, is love working, is, is, love, is faith working through love. And then, law summed up in this, love your neighbor, be slaves, be servants to one another. So, today, serve one another. Serve one another. And when we do that, we'll find our faith fulfilled, we'll find our life fulfilled. I do love you guys today. Reach out to me if I can do anything for you. Praying for you. Have a great day.